Welcome to the additional podcast called Divorce Tips, where I answer some of the most asked questions regarding before, during, and after divorce. These are 10-minute golden nugget episodes to give you as much information as possible from a divorce expert. That's me. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of Divorce Tips. We are talking today about children and therapy, when it's okay, do you have to have your spouse's permission, should all kids go to therapy, um, and the like. So this is a question that we get asked all the time, and I think it's an important discussion because the short answer is, I think, I I don't necessarily think therapy can ever hurt Um, If you're doing it for the right reasons, therapy is a a safe space for kids to be able to express whatever they're feeling and then to gain tools and keys to help deal with their emotions. Um, That's what therapists are there for. They're help to give tools um, for kids to deal with their anxieties, to deal with their fears and to deal with any, you know, emotions that they're having. And obviously a divorce is going to be pretty emotional for them. It's the breaking down of their family as they know it. Their lives change pretty dramatically, whether it's moving to two different homes, to sometimes having to move schools, move states. I mean, there could just be a myriad of things that put a lot of pressure and anxieties on these kids. And getting them into therapy during this process can always be a good idea. Um, now what is the ages that are best for therapy? Uh, you know, there are, um, therapists that, you know, will take children from about four on, but you want to make sure that the therapist is specialized in the age of your child. So, Um, you know, there are centers here in Utah specifically that will take children, you know, super young all the way up to seven. And this is what they do. They're child psychologists, they're LCSWs that are trained in specifically therapies with young children. You obviously want to have a therapist that specializes in young children because, you know, they communicate differently. Um, children under five communicate differently than children that are 10. So you want to make sure that you find a therapist that actually specializes in that. Um, and then you, you know, if, you know, children that are too young to verbally express themselves, um, there are different kinds of therapies. There's play therapy, which is better for them because it helps them emote their emotions in the way that they know how, which is play. And, And so you just want to be able to research that and find the therapy that is best. I would say the people that need therapy the most are going to be pre-adolescents to teenagers. And why is this? You know, a lot of times they're the ones that are usually able to communicate their emotions. The problem with pre-bubescent and teenagers is that their hormones kind of put up a blocker of them being able to rationally think through normal emotions. So you probably know that if you have a teenager, um, they can go from highs of lows of some of the stupidest things out there. 
And so because they're already struggling with the emotions of just day-to-day things based on anxieties, based on environmental pressures, based on, you know, mental illnesses, um, and they're just learning to deal with their hormones, divorce is just going to be a really, really tough subject for them. And they need a safe place that they can go and talk to a therapist about. And so I highly recommend getting, um, you know, eight, nine-year-olds on in therapy during a divorce to help them process and learn to cope with whatever emotions they are dealing with. Now, a couple things with therapy is you need to make sure that this therapy is being used as a safe space for the children and not a weapon to use against the other party. Um, I really dislike using therapists as the way to get information or evidence against the other party. Um, I disagree with that. I think therapists should be safe haven, which means that they should be specifically there to be protective of the children in helping them create a safe space for them to communicate and then work through whatever emotions. When you you hire a therapist and you, you say, Hey, whatever the kids tell you, I want to use as, you know, evidence in court, you're setting up that therapist to be not an impartial person who can help these children in a safe space. You're using them as a weapon and that's never going to be helpful for the children. Um, and it also kind of actually conflicts the, the therapist. The therapist is supposed to be that safe space for those children and, but then being subpoenaed to court so that they can then hurt their, um, client confidentiality, patient relationship with their, their clients because they are children, um, puts them in an awkward position. And honestly, if they're following, ethics rules of, um, the AFCC or, um, of, you know, the family marriage counseling, they shouldn't be put in that situation. Um, a guardian at litem is somebody that can come in and represent the children and get information for the children that they can then use in court. That is the way that you should be using this evidence or things that the children say, versus their therapist. Um, the guardian litem should be able to talk to the therapist and then be able to relay that back to the court, but not bringing that therapist into court. I just don't think that's a good idea. And then also there's therapies like custody evaluations and professionals that come in and evaluate the situation and then can be reporters to the court based off of a linear of l- rules and mandatory things that the court wants them to do. And it, it, doesn't then conflict their personal therapist. A lot of times I get the question is, well, do I have to get my spouse's permission to get them in therapy? Well, the short answer is yes, you should try, especially if you guys have joint legal custody. Usually there's going to be some provision that says that you guys have to jointly agree on major decisions regarding the children, which one of those is going to be medical decisions or therapies. And therefore, you're going to want to talk about it with that party and you're going to want to get their, you know, permission. A lot of times, sometimes people don't like therapy. They're sometimes biased against it, so they don't want to do it. And so, you know, that might be something that you have to follow your parenting plan and you have to decide, well, what 
do I need to do to be able to do this? Do I need to get, you know, a court order for therapy or how do I need to do this? Another way is that you, um, you know, maybe you have sole legal custody. So you get the decision making or you get the final say regarding your children. And therefore you need to follow your parenting plan and then you can make that decision even if your spouse is against you. Um, but, but again, therapy is always a good idea, but it, it needs to be used for the right reasons, um, for an actual person to help your children and not as a weapon in court. And then just make sure you're following the orders of the court to ensure that you can get your children in therapy, um, again, for those right reasons. Tune in next week for another divorce tip. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed, please subscribe, follow, and share. I'd love to hear your questions and feedback. You can contact me at community at jillcoyle.com. See you next time. I am an attorney, but I am not your attorney. Any advice given on the podcast is general and shall not be construed as legal advice.